0: Toasties I'm Missy here with my bestie John Z. hey y'all and welcome to our toasted shenanigans and no we are not wearing the same outfit again if you're watching us on YouTube
1: we, we gotta buckle down
0: bitch is going on down. vacation I'm, I'm going on <laughs> vacay so we had to we had to get a lot in real quick because yeah. we want to make sure you guys keep getting your episodes on time exactly Vacation stops nothing. Nope, we we just actually made rocking. it more, more work for, for us. <laughs> That's all. That's all right. It's okay. It's totally all right. If it fulfills our nerdiness have... in the meantime, it really did. It really does. So, mm. you you just left to go get a refill. What do you what do you drink it over there? You same thing. Uh,
1: yeah, I still got whiskey.
0: Yeah, it's tasty. I'm not I still it have. Up. I still have my lavender moonshine. So,
1: still ten out of ten. This one's a lot less Dr. Pepper. Actually, just, just getting a little stronger. There was like a sip left at the, at the end of the can, so it's mostly
0: whiskey, but it's delicious. Yeah, that's good. I'm still, I'm still with the lavender moonshine, and it, it's really fucking good. You'll I, have to. I need
1: to try that,
0: like a Well, when we finally do, finally see each other,
1: I, I will.
0: I know it's been too long. It's been Like literally, long. how long has it been now? I think it's since the episode of I Reporting Shenanigans. I think it's really only been two weeks. No, it's been longer than fucking two weeks. I promise you that. Yeah, then, two weeks ago we went to a lake. That was the 4th of July, John, Z. It's the 20th. 24th. Today's the 23rd. Sorry. Tomorrow's the 24th. So a little over two weeks. Yes, you are correct then. Way too fucking long. It's been way too fucking long. Unacceptable behavior. I I don't approve of this. I want to talk to the manager.
1: I can't help it. I know. And I've been traveling a lot. I know. So, of course, Mm. I got sick.
0: (laughs) That's actually how you got sick. Oh, my God. I wonder. No, I'm not going back. All right. I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole. Distract me. Yes, you are going down a rabbit hole. So.
1: What are we talking about? <laughs> oh, so we are actually talking about Pedro Lopez.
0: Pedro now was recommended by one of our lovely toasties on TikTok. Mm-hmm. He, they had also uh, recommend. They're the ones who also recommended the Duane Sims case. No,
1: different one. Oh, is this a? This is a different di- one. Different person. Different person. I thought that was the same person. No oh we will get to his other case oh that's right because he he did recommend another one yes that's right and like i said you guys are suggesting we are listening we're working on it and we will deliver
0: just give us a moment yes yes do give us some time we have also a log of ones that we want to share ourselves that we're pretty passionate about on our Mm -hmm. own like our last episode eileen um I know that was one of your favorites. She's yes. also mine. There's an equal favorite on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, Toasties, we love these recommendations. It's so fun because it gives us some that we, we didn't know anything about. So. Yes. It kind of gives so, us like a break. It does give us a break of yeah. trying to figure out things. So who then was it that recommended the Pedro? I am so sorry
1: to say this, but I don't fucking know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no! And they're gonna listen. And they're gonna be like that bitch. No, just didn't I know went our back name. to the
1: comment and it wasn't there anymore. So I don't know if the profile was deleted or what happened. But okay, I'm sorry. I don't have a name, but it came um, from a Toasty. A well, thank you, toasty, toasty, for
0: the for the recommendation. And the other Toasty who gave us the recommendation from TikTok, um, we will definitely be getting your episode out soon, please be on standby for that, but continue to listen on. Absolutely. So if So you, Pedro Lopez.
1: Yes. If you don't know anything about him, I am going to start this off with this is a very hard case. Mm-hmm. Um but as far as serial killers with the most body count, he comes in second place. Um, just due to how many were actually proven. Okay. But if we go based upon his word, he is the most, what do you call it, prolific serial killer with the highest body count. Holy fuck. Um, the number one spot, can't remember dude's name, but he also comes from Colombia, as does Pedro. So that being said, <clears throat> I am going to give you... Just a small little history lesson as to what was going on in Colombia at this time. Okay? Okay. So, a lot of this will probably sound familiar. You probably haven't heard it since, I don't know, high school or something. But La Vencia. It was definitely a terrible time for the country of Colombia. And remains to still have effects on the country to Mm -hmm. this very day. Mm -hmm. It was essentially a civil war that erupted and was fueled by hatred between conservatives and liberals with Hmm. the interest of the nation should have been put above, you know, the party interest as we're seeing in our own country.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, wow, that sounds fucking familiar. Minus the liberal part, but we won't go down that one. No.
1: The rural conflict between conservative and liberal parties left about 200,000 people dead and 800,000 people injured and about 1 million people displaced from their homes between 1948 and 1958. So we're talking about a whole decade of this holy shit and guerrilla movements arose from the anarchy to fully establish themselves in the 1960s and still thrive in the country to this very day. Now, La Valencia began as a street riot in uh, Bogota that erupted in a wake of an assassination of 1948 Liberal Party leader and presidential candidate Jorge Alencier Gaten. Needless to say, La Valencia left Colombia in a state of absolute fucking chaos. Mm. And this was not a rich nation. It was already a poor nation and mm-hmm. was plunged deeply into poverty and very much so a lawless government and the government was already highly corrupt to begin with and would eventually just become more and more so incompetent. So with all that being said, with a society that's not performing, the murder rate skyrocketed to the highest in the world.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And this is the society that birthed Pedro Lopez so Pedro Alonso Lopez was born in Colombia on October 8th 1948 so he is a Libra he was raised in a time of complete anguish for Colombia as we just discussed and he was the seventh child out of 13 children holy shit so he's smack dab kind of in the middle yeah his mother, Belinda Lopez, was a prostitute. And his hmm. father, I'm going to attempt it, Morado Reyes, was murdered six months before his birth. Oh. His father, who was actually married to another woman at the time, was having an affair with Pedro's mother.
0: Hmm.
1: And Pedro's father was shot and killed six months Before Lopez was born, when a rebellious mob attacked a grocery store that he was in. So he was kind of caught in the crossfire. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And Pedro's not even born yet. And he already has this whole tragic story to tell before he's even Mm -hmm. born. So it just adds to the character that we're going to talk about. Mm
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But he went on to li- uh, to grow up in an abusive household with no one to claim as a father figure and until about the age of eight, which I'll get back to that. But according to Pedro's mother, she was a loving mother and never abused Pedro or any of her children. She has said that Pedro was always a very happy boy. That he wanted to become a teacher. That he um kind of helped other kids with their, I guess grammar and whatnot with English and that's how he mm. kind of wanted to become a teacher because he was so good at helping all the other children. Hmm. But like I said, at the age of eight, Pedro went missing and his oh, no. mother claims he ran away on his own accord and that she had absolutely just wept for days and days and that she had actually suspected a neighbor kidnapped Pedro. Or she even thought that possibly it was the liberal faction that had abducted him and possibly killed him.
0: Oh and gosh! And that's why he went
1: missing, um, because they were part of the conservative party,
0: mm.
1: and as was his father. So it just another rabbit hole she went down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But Pedro told a completely different story. It was like black and white. Hmm he had said that his mother who would violently abuse him was sick in the head for treating a child that way and he went on to recount the many times he would watch as various men came into their house to use his mother and then at times beat her and him and the rest of the children oh gosh he went on to tell that at the age of eight his mother had actually banished him from their home because she had discovered him fondling his sister. Oh gosh. Yes. And so Pedro ran away and he traveled to Bogota, the capital city of Colombia, where he became one of the homeless children known as Gamnes. He eventually joined a gang and smoked Basco. And if you don't know what that is, it's an impure form of cocaine. (gasps) <gasps> um, as a child as a child oh baby now cocaine's bad enough as it is but i'm going to inform you a little bit about it if you don't know it it's basically a leftover paste from um, the cocaine production and it can sometimes be mixed with uh, brick or chalk dust to perform to have more to it more body to it however it is more potent and addictive than crack cocaine And it is typically smoked through a pipe. Although sometimes it can be rolled in cigarette papers with tobacco or very popular rolled with cannabis. Mm. Like I said, it is highly addictive. People have become dependent on it just after 15 days of repeated consumption. It kind of gives. Yeah. It kind of gives this two, like two minute fleeting high. So. Users often take it chronically in order to keep getting Getting the high high and ultimately results in binges that leave them little time for eating or sleeping. Oh, gosh. So attempt to manage the high and the paranormal that the drug induces. Users sometimes take a cocktail of industrial alcohol. With fruit juice and other psycho, uh, psycho additive agents such as MDMA. <clears throat> and this is where we have Pedro at the age of eight mm. religiously indulging in this drug. And at this young of age, I don't know how it didn't kill him, but. Oh, no, shit. You definitely know it had some kind of residual effects on him. We just don't know what. Um, But Pedro's life on the streets, it was his home. And, you know, they were very vicious. But any means of a break, you know, you would be stupid not to take it. So Mm -hmm. he was approached by a man who offered him a bed and hot food. It's like winning the fucking lottery for him. Yeah. So, of course, you know, he follows this man where this man actually leads him into an abandoned building. And there's no bed. There's no hot food for him. Instead, he is repeatedly sodomized through the night. Pedro goes on to live his young life out on the streets. And by the age of 10, he was found by an American couple on the streets of Columbia and feeling like they could, you know, save him, turn his life around. They did take him in and they enrolled him in a school for orphans and everything seemed like it was going pretty well for a while. Mm Hmm. however, While there, Pedro was molested by a teacher at the age
0: of 12. Oh my gosh, people. Yes. So
1: as you can imagine, this traumatized little Pedro, and he took off again for the only home he really knew, the wild and vicious streets of Colombia. And when Pedro recounts this memory in his interviews and watching them, he speaks about how his need for vengeance for his suffering as a child is the only thing that matters in the world to him like that's his only focus he needs revenge now does this american couple know what happened to him i'm not entirely sure there's not a whole lot about him that's the only thing i could find about him or about them in this story
0: because i'm wondering if like he just dipped and they didn't even know and they're probably like we're freaking out like what happened to him or if they knew and didn't do anything about it. And he that's why he dipped. I'm sure they were extremely worried for him. knowing.
1: I'm sure they knew some kind of background. Especially since there were so many young children on the streets at the time, unfortunately. Right. So I assume that they... Or I would hope that they went to go try to look for him or figure out what happened. But... Right. Pedro felt was gone. Yeah, he was gone. Yeah. He felt more comfortable dealing and being in control of his own life on the streets.
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering if they knew like what had happened in the school as to what like what made him run away again. Again, don't know. Wish we did know, but I, this, we wouldn't be talking about Pedro, I feel if it went any other way.
1: If they have found him and kind of took him in again, no, probably not. But Pedro does go on to develop from a young boy to a young man on the streets. And he starts to steal cars as a means of way to live, like a lot of them did. Um, Maybe not necessarily the whole car, but maybe parts from the car. And... At the age of 21 in 1969 he is arrested for attempted theft and given the sentence of two years and is soon imprisoned right after now upon entering prison pedro is unfortunately gang raped oh dear lord and this is only two days after entering prison and you can imagine he's at the point where he can no longer handle mentally or physically being
0: violated uh no and remember I don't blame him at that point no
1: remember his mind's already on vengeance so pedro wastes no time and decides to take action and seek revenge and he creates a makeshift knife out of utensils from the prison and in retaliation kills his attackers with his new blade. Now, of course, he is reprimanded for this deed, but authorities do choose not to give Pedro any extra time after he explains as to why he had to kill these two men. Mm. And Pedro goes on to serve his four years for the theft of the vehicles and is released from prison. Now that being said keep in mind there is no halfway housing as there is in america so when pedro is released he is literally on his own again there's no rehabilitation and you would kind of hope in this situation this is where he would maybe do his own rehabilitation and would turn his life around for the better and kind of help people who's been in his shoes. But if that is what he had done, again, we wouldn't be talking about him. So, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, Pedro does not stay around and once again is back on the streets with his freedom and vengeance fueling his drive 100%. And Pedro begins to stalk the streets, seeking out young girls.
0: Oh gosh.
1: Now he's usually looking for people of indigenous background and limited economic means, but he lures them to remote areas where he does rape and murder them. And he can cont- continues to discard them as if they were trash and it's just his way of fulfilling his need for vengeance. Hmm. So, by the 1970s, Pedro has actually made his way to Peru. So, we're in a new country now. Mhm. But he still continues his egotistical, barbaric attacks on the young girls.
0: It doesn't I wonder, stop him one bit. I wonder why girls I, as his vengeance, and the only thing—I mean, I guess the only thing I'd think of—is his mother, because his attacks weren't done by girls.
1: No, but all his attacks were done mostly sexual. Yeah. So I'm—I'm I'm looking at it as he was not sexually attracted to men. So I guess if he's going to take out his frustration, and he doesn't want to be with a man, he's obviously. Unfortunately, going to take it out on women. And I don't think it, it was his way of looking at it as a gender or a people kind of thing. As we get into the case, you'll see more. But I think okay. he looked at it more as a universe thing. Okay. As a world. Okay. <clears throat> but Pedro raping and slaughtering one right after the other. At this point, he basically has a routine and -hmm. he has an addiction. But the key was it worked every time. Mm Hmm. He lures, he rapes, he murders, and he achieves his ultimate glory of revenge, which was most important of all. It Mm -hmm. fulfilled his desires. And not Mm -hmm. only that, when Pedro was just a little boy, he promised that he would never be vulnerable again. Never. He would never put himself in that situation again. He would then take power. So I also think that speaks to it was the fact that he could easily overpower these little girls. It was nothing to him. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that's also another reason. But in his eyes, again, he was in power and he was
0: a god. Oh, dear. One of those moments. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we are only, you know, 20 minutes in and I'm just fucking mind blown already. Well,
1: thankfully, Pedro is eventually caught. Now it is while he is attempting to kidnap a nine year old girl. Oh,
0: fucking A. Mm-hmm,
1: a nine year old girl in the Achuos community. And they took Pedro as their own prisoner when they caught him.
0: And
1: hmm. you gotta remember, this is a different world there, a different mm-hmm. society. I should say different world, but it's a different society. Mm -hmm. And in their lawless community, they decided to bury Pedro alive. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Let the fire ants do their redemption and Pedro atone for his sins. Okay. However, a Western missionary crossing paths with the community convinced the tribe members to turn Pedro over to the Peruvian police. Why she had to come along at this time? i don't know we
0: could have just you know let the fire ants take over let the people do what they need to do exactly it's their community that's actually probably not a thing to say out loud because there's people (laughs) are like this is my community bitch yeah
1: um and i'm sure there's many of us out there that disagree with us but you know we all have our own opinion you're all entitled to it but the missionary did gain the trust of the community and she does bring Pedro to the feet of the Peruvian authorities.
0: Oh. You lucked out. Yeah.
1: Now, not knowing how to handle the situation, the authorities promptly deport Pedro back to Colombia. <laughs> and it's without truly considering the crimes inflicted and the danger that was actually posed to their society. So again, <clears throat> Things are completely different in these countries. They're well, I guess, I not guess if he had... as, um, what should I say? They're not as built. I don't know. I don't want to say
0: intelligent, but
1: it almost seems they're just still not as intelligent. Or they don't have the means to be. The means. That? That have be the means.
0: that would be the biggest one. They do yeah. have the means. Man, if I guess if you had the fire ants, we still wouldn't be having this conversation. So obviously there has to be more. Mm-hmm. So, back to his only home, he knows. Again,
1: the wild and vicious streets of Colombia. Mm. Pedro went on to continue the routine mm-hmm. that worked for him till it didn't once again. By the late 70s, he had made his way to Ecuador. Mm. The country. Where many multiples of girls began to go missing. Families tried to find the girls on their own, While many parents putting ads in newspapers about their missing daughters, they were of poor economic means. And in their society, the police did very little for them. You had to have money for the police to actually help you. If not, Mm. you were not taken seriously. So that's why there's the posting ads and doing their own kind of work and research on it. Mm -hmm. Um, so if they wanted their daughters found, like I said, they were going to have to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. Sunday, March 9th, 1980. The market was booming as people of Peru were celebrating the Festival of Fruits and Flowers. Very
0: happy mm. moment, right? Yeah. Fun. So Peru, we're back in Peru? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. He jumps around quite a bit. So keep track. And we'll keep jumping. We will keep jumping.
0: Oh, so let me just note this. Peru. Got it. Pedro (laughs) joined in on the celebration.
1: He was seen trying to sell small trinkets, chains, and padlocks throughout the market. Hmm. Hot thing to have, right? Uh, But yeah. Around four PM he approached a hot food vendor. This stand stood out among the rest. Carlina Ramon had her young daughter there helping her with the market that day. Oh, no. Yeah. Carlina was already on high alert with all the young girls going missing. So when Pedro approached her stand, she was very mindful of the situation. He kind of seemed like an odd character. Mm hmm. But Pedro took notice of Carlina's daughter and was very persistent in trying to speak with her. Hmm. And like I said, Carlina could sense this man wasn't there for food. But could tell he was there for her daughter. He was just kind of staring at her and kept on like calling to her, even though she had already told her daughter to like kind of ignore the man that she Mm -hmm. would handle the situation. Um. So she does immediately confront Pedro and chases him off. But Carlina could also sense that this man was probably the one in the area who was stealing their daughters. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of like that sixth sense situation or third eye, if you will. Mm-hmm. Now, it wasn't until just recently that police were actually discovering missing remains of many young girls in the area and kind of realizing that they probably had a true serial killer lurking in Ecuador or Peru, sorry, or wherever we're at at the moment. Peru. Peru. So, God bless America. I jump. Sorry, guys.
0: So, Neil's- actually, I, I did. I don't going back for you for you there while you're getting yourself Uh situated uh did he was it peru that he was having people that he was getting people because i know it wasn't ecuador he all right he kept
1: jumping back and forth so
0: colombia's home right yes and he got to peru and then he got deported and then he was in ecuador and then peru again
1: he's jumping back and forth
0: Okay. Okay. So
1: this is where, and we'll keep going in the story, but a little flash forward. This is the best police work that we have. Okay. Nothing else is on the record. So when Pedro admits to killing 300 plus women or young girls. Oh, fuck it is between all domains these three countries okay and he is constantly hopping back and forth okay um it took me a while to get situation i i watched so many documentaries and read so much um i got confused myself i was like well where the where the fuck is he now i can't i can't find him it's like where's fucking waldo And I think that's how he got away with what he was doing. Okay. He hopped back and forth so quickly and using the routine that worked for him was able to commit these crimes.
0: Okay. Okay. Alrighty. Carry on, please. This is a fucking doozy.
1: So needless to say, the cops were a little bit more serious about being handed over Pedro. And essentially what happened was Carlina, who was very into her own intuition, chased Pedro off, gathered all of her friends together, which created an angry mob who then chased Pedro down and held him down till the police arrived. And police did arrest and seize him as a suspect to these crimes. Mm. Now, Pedro refuses to cooperate with authorities. Of course. He does not want to talk. He doesn't want to deal with the situation. He didn't do anything. Right? Of course. And they even went to the extent, you know, to physically force and intimidate. Pedro, because, again, different society. You can do that there. Mm -hmm. But Pedro didn't break. He wasn't about it. So you're obviously already dealing with a completely different type of individual. He's used to this. I was going to say, he's he's dealt with
0: worse. He's had his fair share of torture. Yes.
1: So the investigator assigned to his case was Pastor Cordova Guadino. And he had the brilliant idea to undercover as a fellow inmate. And his reason behind this was in hopes to gain Pedro's trust. So, Pastor spent the next many days, I think it was like 72 days or something, I couldn't find an actual number, but that kind of seemed to be the average. Mm-hmm. But living many days in a cell as an inmate with Pedro.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And... Pastor eventually got to know Pedro very well. And he actually recalled that Pedro at first seemed like a normal person. And he was very charming individual and also very intelligent. Like he was kind of shocked by that. Hmm. Um, so kind of like a Ted Bundy situation, if you will. Mm, Okay. So as Pedro started to open up to Pastor, he gave Pastor the nickname Papa. Pedro, for once in his life, found someone who he could look up to as a father figure, as sad as Oh, that fuck.
0: Is. Yeah. Uh-oh.
1: Pastor had gained Pedro's trust and Pedro confessed to raping and killing young girls. Mm. And when Pastor asked him how many there were, Pedro said, Sir, to give you the exact number, I do not know if I could tell you. It's like, a superiority.
0: I am a God. I give life and I can take it away. End quote. Oh, yuck. Gross. I don't like that. Shut up. (laughs) Sorry. Laughing at you. Not the quote. (laughs) I know.
1: So Pastor realized in this moment, what type of monster he was actually dealing with. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about somebody Who had maybe a fetish or a kink. We're talking about somebody who is mentally and completely obliterated. Yeah. Pedro went on to boast and take pride in his disgraceful acts. And once Pastor came clean about whom he truly was, Pedro offered to take the police on a tour around Ecuador to show the grave sites. (laughs) So this is where he um, did a third of his killing.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And when he makes this offer, this was not because Pedro thought he could seek redemption, but more so that he could stamp his name into history. And Pedro felt it was important to confirm though first. And he asked, this will be in history, right? (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh my gosh. Will it be important? I am too young to die, man. End quote. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh at that, but I'm laughing at that. So, he then leads police on a six-week search across 11 Ecuadorian provinces to all grave sites 57 of them unearthed the remains of the lost girls from Ecuador. Of course, the news of catching the man responsible for the missing girls spreads quickly. And due to how they had been treated previously, the community wanted to take justice in their own hands. Because like I said, in that area, you had to have money. And it wasn't just you know one country it was all of them in the right um so police had to dress pedro up as a policeman when conducting their search so that crowds would actually not kill him as he was too vulnerable for the case hmm Mm
0: hmm Hmm. i feel like i am i'm already i've already eaten my words and i haven't said anything yeah, he has a background. Yeah. If you guys don't know what we're talking to, you need to go back and listen, listen to, to, I- to Eileen. Eileen's episode because, yep, already ate them. They're gone. So, Pedro continued to escort police,
1: and he had an incredible memory. And as he took police to the outskirts of Ambedo, he shared his memory of 11 year old Hortenza. He had killed her just just 10 months ago, in April of 1979. She was selling newspapers on the street corner when he lured her away to a remote spot under a bridge. And once he had fulfilled his routine, he left her lifeless body under the bridge, covered by the newspapers she was selling that very morning. And when Pedro and police arrived at that gravesite, they found a clothed corpse right where Pedro said he had left her. However, police could not identify the remains as Hortensa, but the family could. Her family had followed the authorities and upon unearthing the remains of their family in disbelief and pain, they wept as they recognized the clothing the corpse was wearing. Her father recalled the moment with great anguish. He had said if I had a gun, I'd kill him. The police are against the people. They protected him. The only only the rich have access to the people or to the police. And to see this father it just broke my heart. Absolutely broke my heart. Like ugh. the last time you remember seeing your girl is in that outfit, in that outfit. But the very last time is just her remains. Like you recognize the clo- like to put those two images together. Like I remember when my sister passed away, and us, you know, going to see her and whatnot. And that image is stamped in my brain. I yep. honestly wish I never had done it. But for that to be his last memory, nobody deserves that, no one. So it just, it, 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 it rips my heart apart. As the search went on, police had to keep him talking. Remember Pedro knew he was in control. And Pedro was annoyed with the angered community. This pisses me off. He was annoyed also because he had done their daughters a favor in his eyes. He had Excuse to learn me. yes. He had to learn to survive among the violence and hatred growing up. He dug through garbage for food and clothing for 13 years. These young girls, who he would recall as his dolls, no longer had to suffer the evil of this world as he did. And essentially, Pedro gained a twisted sense of immortality. Police continued to entice him with tobacco, coffee, and food for the rest of his search to keep him talking. And Pedro follows through with the search as he is pleased with his gifts and attention that he's getting from the community. He goes on to tell police how he spent his time with nine-year-old Ivana Yacom, who was a daughter of a successful baker. And on February 14, 1980, at 11 a.m., Carlos Yacom, expected his daughter to be bringing him breakfast to his office. Every morning, Ivana would travel the 15 blocks from her father's bakery to his office. And this morning, she never arrived. And her father immediately sought help from the police while also posting flyers and offering an award. So, again, he was a successful baker. And to us, that doesn't seem like you would have a whole lot of money, but in their society, he had an extreme amount of wealth. So, he was kind of helped immediately. Mm Mm-hmm. 22 days later, on March 8th, Pedro took police to a shack on a farm in La Feridia. There, inside the vacant shack, lied Ivana's remains on a soiled mattress. And... Pedro commented, I am the worst of the worst. Perhaps I took it too far because of my ignorance. The low of the low, perhaps even a complete animal. End quote. So So he, he knew wrong
0: from right. I would say he too knew he was evil.
1: And there was times where... The cops had to keep him from boasting in front of the families. Um, One situation in particular where they had discovered remains from one young girl, where Pedro goes to pick up the small skull and put it into the crooks of his arms and pose with it as if it was a trophy because the media was there. July 31st, 1981, Pedro, he is 33 years old and he pleads guilty to 57 counts of murder and was sentenced to an insufficient amount of time. You would think 57 counts. Yeah, you would think 57 counts would get him life, right? But he had to admit to the raping and killing of 300 plus girls from the age of eight to 12. And 110 of them were young Ecuadorian girls. That's why we went through Ecuador. Mm -hmm. The reason why he only served 18 years our 16 or the maximum got the 16 years was because Ecuador's laws prohibit consecutive sentences. And I kind of feel like that I'm assuming at this. So this is not fact. This is not factual. Um, I'm kind of assuming because in the beginning, remember, I said there was a lot of unjust in their government. hmm I kind of feel like this was kind of part of the laws to help protect the Colombian, Peru, and Ecuador governments. <clears throat> now, Ecuador would later change its maximum printed sentence to 25 years. However, it has not changed the consecutive terms. Hmm. Two years after his sentence, he was transferred from an Abato prison to one in Quineto, Ecuador, where he was diagnosed as a sociopath. And huh. for those who don't properly know the term aso- sociopath, it is a mental health condition in which a person consistently shows no regard for right and wrong and ignores the rights and feelings of others. But regardless of the situation, he was enjoying life in prison. He had a hmm. roof over his head. He was fed and he was clothed. It was a lot easier than the life he lived on the streets. Mm-hmm. August 31st, 1994, Pedro had served 14 years of his 16 year sentence and was released two years early for good behavior. At the age of 45, Pedro was a happy free man, but it was only for about an hour. Only an hour after his release, Pedro was detained and to be deported back to his home country, Colombia. And on September 1st, 1994, the very next day, he was delivered to the border. The Colombian DAS, which was their national security department, received him and would not let Pedro roam the country on his own free will. Thank fucking God. Mm Mm-hmm. DAS immediately handed him over to prosecutors in the Columbia state of Coloma in hopes of using harsher laws for his crimes. They charged Pedro with a two-decade-old murder that they were convinced he had committed. The crime had matched his M.O. and the evidence pointed at Pedro. And by late 1995, Pedro was declared insane and condemned to serve his time in the psychiatric wing of the Carcel Modelo in Bogota. And so, February of 1998, three years after being declared insane, psychiatrists declared Pedro as sane and this is not factual but it is my own belief that he was intelligent and cunning enough that he more than likely faked his sanity for the his own gain and his freedom yes and Pedro spent many years blaming his insanity and sociopath on his own upbringing and on Jorge Patino who is Jorge. This is his alternate personality that he has created. Pedro was never diagnosed with any signs of disassociative identity disorder, but he was very careful and cunning and manipulative enough to do so. And just as his routine worked for him every time, unfortunately, so did this. And Pedro was released from the Minstrel Institution under two conditions. One, it was mandatory for him to continue his treatment. Hmm. And two, he must report
0: once a month to a judge. So he got out? He was, he was yes. released. He just has to, basically was put on fucking he parole. He was released.
1: Yes, he has to, yes. Oh my. And that was it. There was a mere $50 bail that was paid, and he was a free man once again. I don't know. Maybe a bail bondsman. I don't fucking know. Somebody did. But regardless of the situation, Pedro went home to his mother, Belinda, for the first time in years. And of course, this time it was not to seek forgiveness or to rekindle their relationship, but to actually claim his inheritance. Wait, was she dead? And Pedro walked into this... No. Claim what fucking inheritance? It's a different community. It's a different community. It doesn't like... He's a man now of upbringing, When a man of upbringing comes along, they claim they get their inheritance. Oh, my fucking goodness. And so Pedro walked into this measly home as if he owned it and demanded his mother kneel before him so that he could bless her. The fuck? Then he demanded what he was owed. His inheritance. The house. Belinda had absolutely nothing. She had nothing. She had a cheap chair and a small, dirty bed. That was it. But it was enough for Pedro to rob his mother of. And so that's exactly what he did. He set that shit on the porch, sold it to a woman on the street, and he left his mother never to return again. And Belinda now says that in her heart, granted this documentary was uh, filmed a few years back, So she's most likely not alive, but Belinda says she knows he is alive as her spirit, her intuition has not felt him leave this earth yet because she would know she's felt others leave. And this one has not separated yet. October, 2002. Interpol released an advisory on the behalf of the Colombian authorities stating that they were looking for Pedro Lopez. He was a suspect to another murder in Espinal. Pedro has never been found and continues to be a free man, free to kill again. And the 300 plus young girls may never get justice, but they will never ever be forgotten. And may that motherfucker find the deepest depths of hell in his next life. And that is the story of Pedro
0: Alonso Lopez. So Pedro lived like he was out of as a free man, like Mm -hmm. he was never...
1: Yeah, at this time right now, he would be 75. I don't know if he's still alive. If he is, I hope
0: he he is suffering. But he's not in jail? No. I'm fucking speechless. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fucking speechless right now.
1: And that's... If you look back, that's how much uh, a damaged society can have the effects on not only the people in its society, but also all the residual effects that affect everybody else. Like, it's just a snowball effect. So when people say it's not important because they're not in the big picture or that voting's not important, Or yada 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 it's all fucking important it all fucking matters every single fucking bit of it because it still can lead to situations like this
0: I have so many words but it's a soapbox I'm not gonna get on exactly I'm not. It's hard.
1: It's very, very, very hard. But as I started off the beginning, that's why I thought it was important because I could have started off the story with just Pedro. I could have excluded the tidbit of history that I gave. But that tidbit of history that I gave seemed all too familiar to all of us just a few years back so that's why I'm saying it is very careful to educate yourself and be educated when voting I'm not gonna say there's any right or wrong party but it is wrong to not educate yourself and go vote in a voting booth. Now, Makes- this was an extreme situation. I'm not saying if you don't educate yourself, you're the reason why we would end up in this situation. That's not what I'm saying. No. But what I am saying,
0: it still hits home. Yes, it really does i just i'm I have so many so many things yet nothing to say at the same time the fact that that guy is out walking the
1: streets hopefully he's dead hopefully he did not live a long life but
0: i hope to goodness he didn't like i said he would be 75 I, he's the like age said, of my I'm father e- i'm eating my words absolutely. fucking but i'm sorry also you can't com- you can't compare pedro to eileen you can't and i mean it's i mean when he was a child there was one one family who tried to help him on I don't know in that situation if he confronted the American family and told them what happened and that's why he and they didn't do anything and that's why he dipped out or did he just think you know what this isn't working and just dipped out that's that's the question I have. But this is a person who definitely does need to go and I'm so sorry to those families hundreds of families for the little girls and maybe this hits home because of that for me but I don't know he's gotta go I hope he did and I I I sure that'll come swoop around and bite me in the ass later with karma but well it
1: is well worth it if it does yeah And again, third world country, you would think this wouldn't happen to us, but it takes two seconds to lose everything.
0: It does. It does. So like I said,
1: just educate yourself, guys. Don't always trust what you're spoon fed.
0: No, don't. Do your own research. But and in don't the meantime, listen
1: to... come listen to us more. Yeah, we're here for you and we love you. No matter what party you are a part of, we can eat, see all sides and we love each and
0: every one of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, we are we're always up for a conversation. Absolutely. Teach us something, that- please. As long as it's a conversation. I yes. Want to emphasize that. Yeah, don't I'm almost down. Don't preach to anybody. You don't get anywhere don't. by that. No, you don't. But that's the other thing too, Toasties, is be open to listen. hmm As well as have that that's how the conversation is gonna yeah. work is you have to also be open to listen. Absolutely. Well, damn. Thanks. Um for helping me eat my words for Eileen. Also, like I said, Eileen and Pedro two different things, two totally different fucking things. Um that person deserved to die. Mm-hmm. In my uh, case, I think both did, but like I guess I still have mixed emotions on Eileen. I mean, she did say she's going to keep killing people cuz she just hates people and maybe that's true, maybe the the Richard guy was the tip and scale and yeah. that's what set her off. But she also didn't have
1: that God complex that paid. She did have.
0: exactly. She did not have that God complex. And my mm-hmm. other thing though is is I don't I don't know. I don't fucking know. I feel like also she kind of just was like, Yeah, I'm I'm I hate people. I'm gonna just keep killing them. so it is what it's she was, I don't just know was just miserable. I think at that point she was just miserable mm-hmm. and everybody was just doing her a favor by killing her.
1: Yeah. She was done with it. She, didn't, she just wanted to disassociate and be done with
0: it. Especially since she uh, petitioned to speed that one up. Mm-hmm. So nobody, I, I have not read about a serial killer who petitioned to speed their death row. No. No. So I think she was just miserable, wanted to go at that point. Yeah. I think she was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done. I'm out. But I'm curious of June 6th with Eileen. Uh, I hope this asshole never comes back. And I will, I, I pray for those families. Yeah. I know this was a while ago now for them, and I know that some of them are probably still hurting, but Whew, thanks for that doozy. Oh,
1: you're kind of welcome. It was it was a lot when researching. Thank you, Toasty. Like, oh,
0: no, I'm glad this you wolf. did that case. I just want to say that right here, right now. I'm glad you were the one who took on that one a little bit because I don't know if I would have been able to. With yeah. uh, having children myself, especially a girl. I imagine 300
1: plus of them. Yeah. I'm just. That's what I'm saying. He was back and forth. He, uh, That's how he was able to get away with what he was doing.
0: He yeah, was just... he did. He did jumped country borders. Holy fuck. He was he was very, very fucking smart. Yeah, he was Probably. for being in. It's okay. He was eight when he left home. That would be second or third, maybe third grade at most. Well, the, sh- out,
1: the streets raised him, so he had to rely street on smarts. his own intelligence. Yeah, he had it wasn't about smarts. book smarts, and that's where Ted Bundy failed. Ted Bundy was very book smarts,
0: but he yeah, wasn't Ted always Bundy. street w- smarts. Well, no, he he. I mean he escaped out of prison and lived in the mountains for all of like three days and looked like he lived in the mountain for three years. Yeah. So there was that. He did not have any street smarts whatsoever. And then there's always that argument of which one do you, which one's more important? Book smarts or street smarts. So
1: who fucking knows? I think it's an even combination, it depends on the situation,
0: but absolutely. Well, again, thanks to the Toasty um, who recommended this. And if they are listening, please shout out to us and let us know so we can thank you personally mm-hmm. for this fucking doozy yeah, of a story. Absolutely. And uh, if you guys aren't on TikTok following us, well, shame on you, slacker. <laughs> Get out there. Follow us. Like. Share. Tell your friends. We're also on Facebook and Instagram. You can send us all the all the requests you guys want to hear. Go on our website, toasted shenanigans.com. And uh or you can email us toasted shenanigans at gmail.com. Yes, absolutely. Wherever you want to reach out to us, please do. Until next time, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.